You're listening to the Kingdom Project Podcast. These are discussions on biblical theology and interpretation. The emphasis is on context and grace. The goal is to promote biblical literacy by displacing and debunking most modern interpretations. The challenge is to engage in healthy conversation that may stretch, but sharpen iron. This is The Kingdom Project, and I'm your host, Marcus Hall. Welcome, everybody, to the next installment in the series on the book of Revelation, a first century interpretation, um, other, uh, otherwise known as uh, preterism. Uh, so, um, I didn't want to run over an hour on the last episode. This will be a short one. Okay, we have looked at chapters... Um, 1 through 14 at this point. And then 12, 13, and 14, we had the sea beast, the Roman Empire, and then the beast himself, Nero, uh, the, the Caesar. Okay, so, and then the, the, the land beast is the Jewish priesthood. So if you're a futurist, and this is, <laughs> you just clicked on this because the mark of the beast don't turn me off yet. Just listen to this because we all are familiar with this. We've all grown up with it. Um, the mark of the beast. Everyone's looking for it. The the chips. All right. Now, it used to be credit cards when credit cards first started to come out because of the way it was. It's going to have your information and you scan it. Nobody was going to use credit cards. And then, you know, there's. Uh, there's weird. Uh, what about that weird thing on the back of your driver's license? Okay. And they can scan that. It's got your information on it. Look, you can't get away from the government and them knowing who you are. You're issued a social security number when you are born. Um, this has all your information on it. So, however, this does not keep one from buying or selling in the marketplace. So, you know, of course, we're looking at the chip that will be implant, implanted, you know, in your hand. Uh, but it says on. It says it will be on the hand or the forehead, not in it. And um, just the whole idea of a one one world leader running a one world government is so far away if that were to actually happen. Um, because there's so many tribes, there's so many people who live in the mountains <laughs> and do not use anything whatsoever of what we are used to in the world. Okay. I mean, n- not just in the United States, but you know, many other places that have money and have credit cards and have cell phones. There are still people who live in the mountains and they trade with other villages in the mountains and money is not currency like food and grain. Our, uh, agriculture is currency for them. Okay. And we're just, you know, somebody's going to roll up in all these places and say, no, you got to have this before you can actually trade your uh, food and your grains and all that type of stuff. Like it's very far fetched. Okay. So as I said in the last episode, Nero, 
all right, the emperor of the Roman Empire in the first century was known as the beast. You were going to have to have a mark of the beast. And um, the mark of the beast was for to, for, to buy and sell. And uh, so there's there's some things um, that, uh, in history to know that if you walked into the marketplace, there's a statue of uh, of Nero there, the emperor, because all of the Caesars claim to be God. So there's a statue there. There's incense burning. You must bow and worship this figure. And while the incense is burning, take the incense and rub it on your hand or rub it on your forehead as the mark that you bowed and worshipped and gave your pledge, your allegiance, and your uh, loyalty to this ruler so you could go in and buy and sell. Okay, so uh, what about this number 666? Okay, it's not 666. It's 666. Okay, I don't care if you like the Iron Maiden song. Six, 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 the number of the beast. All right. We've identified this in every so many generations. All right. So <laughs> um, I used to be scared of the number six, six, six. Okay. Uh, many people interpret it by so many, you know, uh, putting the emphasis on the number six. In the Bible, the number seven is symbolic of completion. The number six would be symbolic of incompletion okay completion is associated with god incompletion is associated with man or the devil so three numbers of six in a row would symbolize the trinity of falseness right of failure of the fake all right so notice what john is saying though he says let him who understanding okay or let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast. Now, understanding then was needed to calculate the meaning. Who is he writing to? Okay, the, the revelation starts out to the seven churches. Um, they all receive individual letters, but the rest of the vision is included to all of them. So it's to seven churches that existed within the first century. And now he is saying, let those... Who, who has understanding calculate the number of the beast. And remember, the beast was a nickname for Nero. So you had to have wisdom to calculate the meaning of this number. Wisdom would take the reader behind the obvious words of the text that John has written and understand what John meant. Okay, that means it's not beyond reach. Okay. So, it's also something that needs to be calculated. This is math, okay? <laughs> Some sort of calculation had to be written out or performed to understand the reference of this number, okay? So, there was a method of calculation that was common during the first century. And this is why John says, here is wisdom. And, and yeah, calculate it, okay? Um. His number is 666, okay? So the Hebrew and Greek languages used letters as numbers. They did not have the system that we have today of 1, 2, and 3 of just digits. Okay, this what we have is called the uh, uh, Arabic number system. Okay, so counting in the Hebrew language was done with letters, 
and the large numbers were noted with a series of letters grouped together. Okay, now think of the Roman numeral system. Okay, this is will help you understand this better. Okay, um, in the Roman numeral system where the letter I equals the number 1, V equals 5, X equals 10, L equals 50, and so on. In the Hebrew system of the, the, the uh, Bible period, the first letter of the alphabet was equivalent to our number 1. The second letter was equivalent to our number two, and then so on. Now, once the, the counter gets to the letter, which symbolizes the number nine, the letters begin representing the numbers 10, 20, 30, through the number 100. Then the letters start representing the numbers 200, 300, all the way up to 900, and to represent the numbers from 1,000 all the way up to uh, 999,999, combinations of the same letters are reused to serve as thousands, okay? Tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands. I'm speaking slow so you can <laughs> follow along. So it. It may be a little bit more complicated, but, you know, but that's what you need to know. So to understand the Hebrew numbering system better, all right, it would be similar in to the alphabet in English, okay? You assign the number 1 to the letter A, the number 2 to the letter B, the number 10 to the letter K. Now... You move to the number 20, which is assigned to the letter L, okay? So, th that's what you would do, okay? So, <clears throat> the, Hebrew the Hebrew system of counting is completely foreign to all of us, okay? Um, Greg, Greg Bonson mentions and... Um, there was a unique discovery at the unearthing of the old city of Pompeii where there was this, you know, writing on the wall, graffiti, you know, that said, um, you know, how they the cavemen drew on the walls. Right. Well, there was this writing on the wall and it said, I love her whose name is five five hundred forty five. So. This was a common thing in both the Greek and Roman cultures. Every name had a number. Okay, it was like a code language, but it wasn't a code language to the Israelites. It was a, it was just very common. So different written languages have symbols for similar sounds. Okay, for example, um, the English letter or symbol that we call A is equivalent to the Greek symbol we call Alpha, which is equivalent to the Hebrew symbol we call Aleph. All right? Um, and B in English is the Greek symbol we call Beta, which in Hebrew, in Hebrew is what we call Bet. So a letter or a word in one language can represent in another language 
using uh, or can be represented in another language using corresponding symbols or letters. Okay, and this is called transliteration. So the English transliteration for the Hebrew term Nero Caesar would be <laughs> um, NRWN space QSR. The Hebrew language is written in consonants only with vowels uh, symbolized by markings over the consonants. Okay, so the vowel markings are not included. With the vowel markings, the name would be pronounced Neron Kaiser. Uh, so that brings us to 666. Okay, someone someone familiar receiving the revelation of John from John. Calculating the number of names in this biblical time in the first century could easily understand the meaning of the number 666. He could compare it with the Hebrew form for Nero Caesar and then conclude that the emperor Nero was the man that corresponds with the number 666. So if the numerical values of the consonants in the Hebrew name um, which I I don't even know if you pronounce. I guess you do pronounce it because it's Hebrew. But it's it, it, that what I said earlier in R W N space Q S R. When those are added together, then the the total numerical value of those two words comes out to six hundred and sixty six. Okay, the math is like this. Okay, N is fifty, R two hundred, W is six. N is 50, Q is 100, S is 60, R is 200. So if you take 50 plus 200 plus 6 plus 50 plus 100 plus 60 plus 200, it equals 666, okay? So remembering that John was a Jew writing primarily to Christian Jews, he was writing about this destruction of Jerusalem, and his source book for his images was the Old Testament. So it's not surprising that he would choose to identify the number of this man using a Hebrew mathematical system of calculation. Okay, And, and it's important to know that the number was written in the Greek language, which is the New Testament language, as the phrase... 666 that's why i keep saying that it's not just the three numerical uh, digits in sequence because 666 are shorthand um that's a mathematical symbol those do not appear in the original text so people who become fixated with the digit six because of 666 you know uh, that's wrong that's just a symbol so it's helpful to know that in the original Greek, it wasn't just the three, the three digits in a row, okay? It it, it it was 666. So this is the number of a man, and his number is 666, okay? It does not say the number of the man is uh, 666. It does not say that in the original language, okay? Um so there's there's a difference. It would have made a big difference to them. It would have made no sense. So I believe then that Nero was the man. He was the beast. His number was 666. This 
would have been very helpful to get past the Roman army if they were to intercept this message. And, uh, <clears throat> and then all those receiving the letter of the revelation would know, oh, that's who he's talking about. So um, to wrap up, not just this, but the other episode, um, those are the three enemies of the church. Okay, you got the devil, the sea beast, which is the Roman Empire and Nero and the land beast who is also called the false prophet, which is the Jewish priesthood. And we have calculated that number of Nero to 666. Now, anyone that objects and say, hey, some manuscripts say 616, it still works out. <laughs> no joke. I don't know how, but it does. Okay. Revelation was written to the first century church living in that first century. They were being persecuted, okay? And um, even though the destruction of Jerusalem would not end all their trials and all their uh, tribulations, especially by the hands of the Romans, it was going to um, minimize much of the persecution that was actually arising from the hands of the apostate Jews who had rejected Jesus. So um, the Jewish priesthood led the people to worship the Caesar of Rome um, whose God, Nero, had a number, which was 666. But soon, Jerusalem would be destroyed, and the Old Covenant would come to its end with the destruction of the temple and Jerusalem, and um, Christians would rejoice. Okay, so, um, we're, we're going to get into uh, describing the rest of the three sevens, um, and uh, we will be moving into the seven bowls of wrath. All right, there you go. The mark of the beast and the number itself, 666, calculated to Nero Caesar. If there is any questions, comments, disagreements, send them my way at the Kingdom Project Podcast at gmail.com. And until next time, be a mustard seed, be leaven. Thanks for listening.